You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello, good afternoon and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu, and on this edition, we're going to be looking ahead to the upcoming Premier League fixture against Wolverhampton Wanderers. Nuno Espirito Santos side come to the Emirates Stadium this Sunday um, at 7.15 and it's a kickoff time that hasn't served us well. Uh, since they introduced it on a Sunday. We played Leicester, we got beat at home. We played Aston Villa, we got beat at home. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't want to be kind of the bearer of bad news, but in terms of omens, it doesn't uh, it doesn't serve us well, that particular kickoff time. So read of that what you want, take that um, the way you want to take it. But yeah, Wolverhampton Wanderers come to the Emirates Stadium this weekend. And on this edition of the podcast, we're going to be discussing that game. We're going to be discussing some of the decisions that Mikel Arteta has to make ahead of that one. We're going to be talking uh, about the history of the fixture and looking at some of the stats uh, of both sides this season so far. I'm also going to be sharing with you guys how you can get hold of an Arsenal book uh, that is signed by Ray Parler. Um, how you can get in touch and, and get yourself one of those perfect stocking filler for Christmas. I'm going to be sharing you uh, with you a message from Messer Ozil's camp. Yes, I've had contact um, with Messer Ozil's camp. Don't worry, it's nothing controversial. Don't get excited. It's not him spilling the beans on the situation that's going on at the club. Messer Ozil has launched a, a charity initiative Um and uh, his team have reached out uh, to a number of people in order to try and get that out there. And that whatever your thoughts and feelings are on the player, this is for a good cause. It is for charity. Um, it is a fantastic thing. So I'm going to be letting you guys know all about that. And of course, towards the back end of the show, we'll be taking you guys' questions as we always do. If you're watching on the video, you're probably wondering why I'm not in the studio again. Well, the truth is um, I started doing some work in there the other day and then work got hectic and I've been unable to finish it. So uh, you probably see me sitting at my desk for the last couple of days uh, doing these podcasts. And today I'm in the luxury of the living room, just chilling out um, ahead of the weekend and what's going to be a busy weekend for me again, no doubt. Right. Let's look ahead to the game against Wolverhampton Wanderers. And there are a number of uh, decisions that I feel Mikel Arteta has to make going into this one. What does he do with regards to the system? Now, he made changes against Leeds. Uh, we saw him include Joe Willock in the side. He went for a little bit more of an adventurous midfield, looking to get probably extra bodies into those attacking positions. Uh, he also made changes in the game against Mulder. Uh, in terms of the system. I thought even the system against Aston Villa was slightly different to what we had seen um, under Mikel Arteta so far. But what does he do now? Does he stick with that? Does he continue to try and find a way in which Arsenal can add some more creativity to their game, add that extra bit of flair, get more bodies into those attacking positions? Or does he revert back to what, for the most part, has served him relatively well? Now, Wolverhampton Wanderers are a dangerous side. And as was put to me by by uh, Alavi, who joins us on the um, on the social club show, 
he made a great point when we were chatting the other day and he said, the problem with teams like Wolves is that they're not so bad. Sorry, let me, let me, let me start that point again because it's a great point. I have to make sure that I get it across in the right way. They're not so good that if they beat you, it is acceptable. But they're not so bad. Is that the one? I, I've completely lost what I was saying. Yes, right. Sorry, let me go back to that. They're not so good that if they beat you, it's acceptable. But they're not so bad that they can't beat you. So, you know, it's a it's a really difficult one for the manager here. And, and how does he approach this game? Do you try and take the game to Wolverhampton Wanderers, who we know under Nuno Espirito Santo pride themselves on a strong defensive base, a strong setup and hitting teams on the counter attack? You know, do, are they going to do that? Um, well, sorry, we know that they're going to do that, I think. I think it's a pretty safe bet. But how do Arsenal approach it? Do Arsenal look to take the game to Wolverhampton Wanderers? Do Arsenal look to play that slightly more cautious approach and hope that when the opportunities do come along, because, yeah, there's not been anywhere near as many as we'd like, but opportunities have come along in some of the games that we failed to pick up results in. We've just not been able um, to to take those opportunities and, and subsequently get the results we need. So it's going to be interesting to see what he does there. Um, we don't know for sure. Um, whether Thomas Partey will be available. Still no news on that. Uh, we know that Bukayo Saka will return after he picked up a knock in the game against Leeds. Willian is being assessed, so we're not sure what the deal is with that. David Lewis, of course, went off in the game against Mulder um, after taking a knock to the head. We don't know if he'll be back for that one. Will he start at centre-back? Will he come back into the side as he so often has when fit under Mikel Arteta? All of that remains to be seen. So it's going to be a little bit difficult on this week's preview show to try and predict Mikel Arteta's starting 11. Um, but in terms of some of the decisions he has to make, up front is is the big one for me. Does he persist with Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang through the middle? It didn't really work at Leeds United, despite lots of people calling for it in recent times. Does Alexander Lacazette play uh, through the middle? Does... Do any of the young guns uh, get a run out after their performance in Molder the other night? Is Reese Nelson um, somebody that could potentially come into the team? Reese Nelson played really, really well out there. And um, with Willian uh, potentially out, it could be an opportunity for Reese Nelson to come into the side. Of course, Pepe suspended as well. So Mikel Arteta may look to turn to some of those players. Will Joe Willett get another run out? I don't know. Um, so many decisions for Mikel Arteta to make. And obviously with Mikel, it's been a little bit difficult at times to predict what he is going to do exactly. He's, as I said, changed systems recently, um, then changed it to other things. He's uh, made team selections that many of us have been sort of surprised by. I think in the midfield, if Thomas Partey's fit, Thomas Partey plays. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Danny Ceballos, for me, is likely to play as well. Um, so, as I said, tons and tons of difficult decisions for Mikel to make in the lead up to this game. What did you guys make of, of Alexander Lacazette in the um, in that deeper role uh, against Molda? Let me know your thoughts in the comments. I... You know, I've I've heard people saying that they'd like to see Mikel try that with with Pierre Emerick Aubameyang just that little further bit forward. I'm not sure that it necessarily worked against um, 
against Mulder, not as well as, as Mikel would have liked anyway. But when we were talking to Adrian Clark on the podcast earlier on in the week, he made a great point and he said, Wolves are a side that are going to play with a back three. Wolverhampton Wanderers are, you know, given their setup, they, they enjoy playing against one centre forward because they lap it up. Three big centre-backs, three powerful central defenders. But the minute you add a second striker into the mix, maybe that being Lacazette in that slightly deeper position, it becomes a, a whole different kettle of fish. And perhaps we could create problems for them that they probably won't have a great deal of experience of handling. And maybe that could be a way in which Arsenal can um, could cause Wolverhampton Wanderers problems. The, the the downside of that is that, of course, playing with the two centre forwards, it weakens you in the centre of midfield. I thought that with Granit Xhaka playing in there alongside Joe Willock against Mulder, you know, it was okay against Mulder, but I don't think you'll get away with that in in games against better opposition. I think that Granit Xhaka's lack of mobility means that he can't really be part of a midfield two, in my opinion. If Danny Ceballos and Thomas Partey are available, uh, that could um, that could work, maybe, potentially. Um, you know, it's going to be really, really interesting to see what Mikel does does in this one. Because, as I said, there's been a lot of pressure on him in recent weeks. There have been a lot of questions asked. He's made changes. And, and I'm surprised at that because I always got the impression from Mikel that he's not somebody that will bow to fan pressure. He's not somebody that will uh, adjust his philosophies because of the, the kind of noises coming from the outside. But I feel like he has slightly done that in recent weeks. And I don't know if, you know, on the one hand, you look at it and you think, yeah, he's being proactive in trying to solve the issues that we have as a team at the moment. But on the other hand, I feel like it could potentially be a bit of a weakness or show him uh, to have a bit of a weakness to some of his players. And some of his players who, let's, let's have it right, he's shown a really hard, strict stance with up until now. Does him... um sort of changing things, slightly tweaking things, show that actually, you know, he he doesn't know, well, he hasn't always been getting it right. His, his plan isn't unfolding as he would have liked. It's a hard balance to find because you either become stubborn and unwilling to change things to the detriment of your team, or you can be, if you change things too early, you can be shown to be a little bit weak as well uh, and a little bit unsure yourself, which doesn't necessarily breed confidence into the rest of the team. So, yeah, it's, a interest, it's going to be an interesting balance for Mikel to find. And I'm very interested for one to see how uh, he lines the side up for this one. Let's have a look at the fixture between these two sides in Premier League history. Arsenal and Wolverhampton Wanderers have met on 12 occasions. Arsenal have won eight of those. Wolverhampton Wanderers have won one. And there have been three draws. Now, of course, after the uh, restart at the back end of last season. Arsenal went to Wolves and won by two goals to nil. Really impressive performance and result that day. But earlier on in the season, the 2nd of November, Arsenal were held to a 1-1 draw at the Emirates Stadium. And that game um, was one of the games that really, I think, upped the pressure on, um, on Mikel Arteta at the time. I remember being in the stadium. I remember kind of the mood Mikel Arteta, I say Mikel Arteta, I mean Unai Emery, you know what I mean. Um, the mood really changed that day and it was one of the games that kind of 
built up towards Unai Emery's sacking. It was a really bad performance that day. Wolverhampton Wanderers were the better side. Um, and there was a combination of, uh, of things when you looked at that team that just weren't right. It looked as though Unai had lost the dressing room. And so Wolves were partly responsible, actually, for driving the club towards the sacking of Unai Emery. So taking that into account, it's going to be a difficult game. You know, for all sort of the criticism that Wolves have received for maybe not being able to maintain the standards that they showed uh, during periods last season and the season before, they're still a very good, capable side with a very um, ex- uh, w- very pragmatic boss in Nuno Espirito Santo. And as I said, right at the top of the programme, they're one of those sides that are good enough that if it's if they're on their, their day, if they have a good day, they can beat you. But if they're not... But sorry, they're also not good enough that if they do beat you, it, it feels acceptable to the fan base. So, you know, it's a really, really uh, tough fixture, this. And it's not the kind of fixture I don't think that Mikel Arteta um, will be uh, will be looking forward to necessarily. Uh, let's go back to some of the stats leading into this one. Let's have a look at the form guide of the two sides. Arsenal have won just one of their last five Premier League games, and it was that victory at Old Trafford. Wolves have only won two of their last five victories at home to Crystal Palace and away at Leeds United. They currently sit in ninth, Arsenal in 12th. Both sides have won four games apiece. Arsenal have drawn just once this season, whilst Wolves have drawn twice. But Arsenal, interestingly, have lost more than Wolves. We've lost four They've lost three. Um, Looking at the top player statistics, according to PremierLeague.com, the highest goal scorer in the Premier League uh, across these two sides is Raul Jimenez with four. Alexander Lacazette sits in second with three. And Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is on two. Uh, In terms of assists, Hector Bellerin leads the way. Uh, or his joint top, I should say, sorry, uh, alongside Daniel Pedence and Willian, who have also got two goals apiece. Um, so, yeah, looking at the season so far, it's going to be a, a difficult game for Arsenal. Um, I don't expect there to be many goals in this one. I feel like this is going to be one of those games that you kind of look at and you feel as though both managers are going to be cautious about losing it. Um you know, an early goal could change that. An early goal from Arsenal could bring Wolverhampton Wanderers out and that would be great uh, for us because it would mean that they will leave those spaces in behind that we can try and exploit and hopefully add to our goal tally. But equally, by that same token, Arsenal have to be careful. I thought against Aston Villa, um, we did open up a little bit um, in the early stages, not in terms of of what we actually output but in terms of the way we approach the game we pushed an extra body into midfield rather than in defense um, and we kind of scrapped the back three and and Xhaka instead of playing as kind of a third center back as we have seen him do when off the ball he did step into the midfield that day and it did um, prove problematic because Villa got off to a good start a strong start and then when Arsenal had to become even more expansive even more open you know, it was a problem and, and we all saw what happened as a result. Now, of course, I don't want to see Arsenal be defensive. I don't want to see Arsenal be negative. But what we have seen is that this Mikel Arteta side, they're not capable of going out and um, blowing teams away. They're not capable of going out on the pitch and striking the perfect balance between defence and attack. We, we just haven't found that yet under Mikel Arteta. And whether that's because of him, his systems, his, the way he kind of shackles players in terms of the very specificity of their role, is that the problem? I don't know. There are so many sort of question marks around it. You can have this debate for days and days and days. But ultimately, the point I'm trying to get to is the pragmatic approach has, has received a lot of flack. But I actually believe that in a game like this, 
we're more likely to come out with a result playing that way than we are by trying to open ourselves up because all the fragilities that Arsenal have had over the last few years, um, they just come to the forefront again each and every time we do that. That defensive um, weakness is is just too clear, too evident, and it's a problem for us. So, yeah, I want to see um, I want to see Mikel adopt that slightly more pragmatic system again uh, with the back three. Not because, again, stressing the point, not because I enjoy particularly watching Arsenal play that way, but because I feel like it will stand us in better stead in terms of trying to get the result. Right. Uh, just a quick reminder. A few weeks ago, uh, we brought you a very special podcast with TalkSport commentators Alex Crook uh, regarding his brand new Arsenal-related book, Match of My Life, written by Alex Crook and Pat Symes. Uh, forward is by George Graham. Well, my copy, uh, so a massive thank you to Alex and Pat, uh, turned up today. Arsenal, Match of My Life. Uh, check it out. It's available on all major bookstores. And I've been in touch with Alex today to say thank you uh, for my copy of the book. And he did say that they still have some copies left um, that have been signed by Ray Parler. So if anybody's interested uh, in getting their hands on a signed copy by Ray Parler, uh, give Alex a shout on Twitter. It's at Alex underscore crook. I'll leave it in the description. Just drop him a message on there. Um, it's the perfect Christmas present for a lot of people. Um, of course, uh, Arsenal Match of My Life by Alex Crook and Pat Symes. And it's got some wonderful stories uh, from some Arsenal legends and from some Arsenal cult heroes. And, and one of them that I found really, really interesting, Andre Arshavin tells a story in this book. And we don't often hear from Andre Arshavin. So um, he, along with a number of Arsenal legends, contributed to the book. It's really, really good and a really enjoyable read. So do check it out. Right. Uh, I mentioned to you guys that I had had contact with Mesa Ozil's camp and I have, I'm not lying. I'm not making it up. Um, they have been in touch with me um, over a new initiative that Mesa's team um, are running. And I just want to put this point out there. You know, I don't, I expect loads of you in the comments now to start saying, you know, why are you talking about Mesa Ozil? He's not, playing for Arsenal at the moment, et cetera, et cetera. But I want to stress the point that this is a charity initiative. It's a good cause and I'm definitely supporting it. Um, so I'm going to share with you guys exactly what it is. So you should be able to see that on your screens now. For those of you listening on the audio, I will share with you uh, the details. So football superstar Mesa Ozil is, is not only on the pitch, a top assister, also off the field. He creates big chances. For a good cause, the 2014 world champion has developed a strictly limited player's box in cooperation with the innovative Austrian sportswear manufacturer Tape Device. Tape Design. Included is a pair of the Grip Socks by Tape Design with the personal logo of Mesa Ozil. They're extremely popular among top athletes and amateurs worldwide. A roll of sports tape. This product is unique in the world as it's the first printed one on the market. Both the Tape Design and the logo of Mesa Ozil can be seen on it. And there is a stylish gym bag in football look. Um, so yeah, check it out. Uh, the Strictly Limited Players Box by Mesa Ozil will be available from the 15th of November. So it's already out for 49.99. That's euros uh, at www.tape-design.com. What is special about the corporate cooperation between the Austrian company from Graz and the professional from Arsenal is that all proceeds will be donated to charitable, charitable, I can't even read today. Sorry. All proceeds will be donated to charitable in 
charitable i've said it again charitable institutions uh tape design boss mario offner Mesa is known for his big heart and his social commitment it was very important to him that the income generated by the players box goes to people who need help it was a matter of course for tape design to support Mesa in his great plan Mesa said i really enjoyed developing these products with tape design what is best is that we can use them to help the people in need especially in challenging times like this so um Charity initiative being run uh, by Mesut Ozil and the Austrian sportswear uh, brand Tape Design. They've reached out and asked me to mention it on the podcast. So please do check it out. Tape-design.com. Check them out. And uh, another potentially uh, good Christmas present if you know anybody that enjoys playing their football. Right. Let's go over to some of your live comments. Let's see what you guys are saying in the live chat. Um what have we got here? Uh, just scrolling through, going to pick out a few comments uh, before we finish up on today's uh, stream. Taib Hussein says, Harry, do you think Pepe will improve his performances after playing well in last night's Europa League match? I, I, I did think he played well last night. I also advise caution because of the level of the opponent, though. Um, I've always maintained this. I feel like Nicolas Pepe has those brilliant moments in him, but it's about getting them out of him regularly. And it's about providing the platform on which he can do that and build his confidence because he looks really downbeat at the moment. The way he walks around the pitch, um, the way he carries himself, he looks like a beaten man. And I want to see Mick, uh, Mikel Arteta find a way of getting Nicolas Pepe playing with a smile on his face. Look, do I think he's the world's best player? No. Do I think he was worth £72 million? Probably not. Uh, but at the end of the day, he's our player now. We've got him. The club have made a huge investment in him. And I'm, it's not as though I sit there and I look at Nicolas Pepe and think he's got absolutely nothing. There is talent there. Let's try and find a way to get it out of him. And, and ultimately, that's Mikel and, and, and his responsibility. So fingers crossed it will be the red card will be a bit of a kick up the backside for Nicolas Pepe and, and he can turn it, turn things around and get back on track. Uh, Delinga, with regards to the approach that Arsenal should take against Wolverhampton Wanderers, he says we should approach the game with the same gusto in the way we did with the Man United game. To a degree, I agree with you um, because that is kind of, that first half at Old Trafford is what I want to see from Arsenal. But I also have to think about the fact that Man United weren't very good that day as well as Arsenal being good. Um, and, you know, does it leave us too exposed? I don't know. I, I feel like at a time where we're losing games, you know, we should have lost the Leeds game. We were lucky to get away with that. We lost against Villa. We've been on a bit of a bad run. I feel like stability needs to be the priority again here before we can then build on again. It's about steadying that ship again uh, before going off on a sale again. That's That's kind of how I see it. Uh, John P says, if we play free at the back, how would you feel giving Nelson a run in Bellerin's role? I, I wouldn't be up for that, to be honest with you. And I'll tell you why. Uh, because for me, the whole point of playing with the free at the back is so that it can become a back five when we're out of position. And when we are under pressure, having that back five just adds that little bit more steel. And then you'd be asking Reese Nelson to defend. And I don't think Hector Bellerin's been bad lately. A lot of Arsenal fans get on his case. A lot of Arsenal fans, I would say, have an agenda against Hector Bellerin. They're always looking to dig him out. But for me, actually, Hector's done pretty well um, for the most part of this season. So for me, 
I, I don't think that's a position that there should be any movement in. I, I've heard people say that Ainsley Maitland-Niles should be playing at right back or at right wing back. But for me, Bellerin's done a decent job. And so why would you change him? Um, so no, not for me, John. But thank you uh, for your question, mate. Uh, Callum Ferguson says, Evening, Harry. The midfield battle is crucial on Sunday. Do you agree? Absolutely. Um, Wolverhampton Wanderers with the likes of Neves, Moutinho, whoever it's going to be in there alongside people like Dendonka. Um, they mix, they mix the, the physicality and the technical ability really well. Nuno Espirito Santos always managed to find a really good balance in there. And that a lot of that balance comes from his back three because he provides that stable setup. He then allows those midfielders to, to have a little bit more freedom. And we've seen them cause uh, a lot of teams' problems since they were promoted back to the Premier League. So, yeah, midfield battle is crucial. And uh, Wolves will certainly be on top of their game in that department. So it's important that we are too. Kasim Khan says, personally, I would play the youngsters because they have played together for a long period of time. So they have the chemistry and they can gel and will be able to score more goals. I think that probably some of the youngsters are, are knocking on the door now. Um, and given the, the bad performances of Willian lately, um, the fact that Lacazette's not really doing it, the fact that Pepe is suspended, I, I assume that those knocks on Mikel Arteta's door are getting louder and louder. The problem here is that you've always got to take into context the opponents that you're seeing them do it again in the against in the Europa League. Prime example is Joe Willock, who's been sensational in the Europa League so far this season. He's been really, really good. But then you chuck him in the game against Leeds United and he doesn't look the same player. That's not because Joe Willock is, is crap or because Joe Willock um, should be binned. He's absolutely a player on the development path still. But there's a massive step up in quality between the Europa League group stage and the, the Premier League. And I just think that we have to take that into consideration when assessing and judging whether these guys are actually ready to play in the league regularly. Uh, let's see. Um, Mana says, uh, Xhaka chasing Triore. Let's talk about nightmare scenarios. Um, absolutely. Uh, Rashid says, I genuinely think that Arteta doesn't want to play the way we're playing at the moment. Yeah, I agree. I've said it time and time again on this podcast. I don't think that Mikel goes to bed at night and dreams of playing the way that his Arsenal team are currently playing. But he's doing what he feels is the right thing in order to enhance our chances of getting results because ultimately it's a results business and Arsenal need to get back in the Champions League. They need the finances that come with that. They need the status that comes with that. So he's just trying to get to the destination and that destination is, is the Champions League. How he goes about it, um, I don't think he really cares at the moment. I think in his mind, it's about getting those results. He's a lot more pragmatic He's a lot more results driven, I would say, uh, than people probably expected him to be. Because I think a lot of people thought he was going to come in, be Pep 2.0. He might dress like him. Um, he might carry himself like him. But in terms of his management style, it's very, very different. Big hello to Andy Papa Giorgio. How you doing, mate? Welcome to the stream. He says, do you think he'll go back to Oba out wide or do as he did at Leeds and play through the middle? I feel like the way he spoke in the game uh, in the lead up to the Leeds game, actually. And I'm talking about the pre-match interview he gave by the side of the pitch um, where he said that that Oba's natural position was to play from the left. I think that suggests to me that in Mikel's mind, 
Aubameyang is is better off playing from the left and that's where he can be most effective. Look, a lot of us called for him to be moved back down the middle, but that's pointless if he's not going to get, if he's still not going to get the service, if he's still not going to get the chances and still not get in the positions from which he can influence the game. So for me, I would, if it was me personally, I'd probably move him back out wide. I think that Mikel Arteta will probably do that as well. And I think that uh, you'll see somebody else at centre forward, whether that be uh, Alexander Lacazette or Eddie Nketiah. I'm not 100% sure, but I do think that Mikel's sort of lean would be to kind of to, to move him back to that position. I think you'll see that before too long. Thank you for your question. Uh, let's see what else we've got here. Um... Just scrolling through. Let's see what we can say. Anurag says, 90 min gas tank, gas tank waiting, Harry. Yeah, check it out. I was on the, the preview show uh, for 90 min where we looked ahead to the game against uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Had a good little discussion about that and where Arsenal are at at the moment. We also looked ahead to the games between Chelsea and Spurs. And of course, the game between uh, Southampton and Manchester United also taking place this weekend. So head over to 90 Min, our new partners uh, on their YouTube channel. You'll find this week's edition of the Fans Preview sponsored by Virgin Media. Really, really good show. Uh, Let's see what else you guys are saying. Uh, Kasim says, do you think Arteta will give Balogun a shot now that Eddie and Lacazette are not scoring? No, I don't. I don't think that Balogun will play in the Premier League. And come on, let's... Like I'm excited by the prospect of Ballerin, uh, of Balogun from what I've heard about him, from what I've seen of him in terms of clips and stuff. Obviously, I'm excited by it, the prospect of him and what he could become. But let's not kid ourselves and, and, and say that he's the finished article because he's not. He scored a goal in the Europa League. He, it was a really nice touch, turn and shot. Keeper should have saved it, in my opinion. Um, he was slightly fortunate that he went in. That's not to take anything away from him. It's a lovely night for him. His first Arsenal goal, etc., etc. Delighted for the lad. But I don't think that he's ready for the Premier League yet. And I don't think that Mikel Arteta, more importantly, feels that he's ready for the Premier League yet. So I don't expect him to feature in the game uh, this weekend. Uh, let's see what else uh, you guys have got for us. Um, just having a look through your comments. Uh, Tofa says Arteta knew it was an uphill battle. He just didn't know he was starting underwater at the bottom of the hill. Yeah, agreed. Um, let me give you guys what my starting lineup would be. Um, then kind of based on the discussion that we've had, um, providing that these players are fit, as I said, because we don't 100% know yet. We haven't had uh, the injury update from the club yet. Of course, whenever there's a Europa League game on the uh, Thursday, we don't normally get a press conference on the Friday. We normally just get a uh, an update uh, and we haven't had that yet. I looked just before we went live and I hadn't seen it. Uh, so that's not available yet. So it is a bit of a guessing game at the moment. So bear with me in that sense. Obviously, I'd go with Bern Leno in goal. I'd go with the back four of Bellerin, Tierney at left back, Gabriel and David Luiz, providing he's fit. I feel like David Luiz um, gives us a, a bit of an outlet from the defence as well. He allows us to progress the ball really well. I know that people uh, have contrasting thoughts about David Luiz at times, but I do think he's important to this side because of A, his ability to progress the ball, move the ball forward, and B, his leadership skills. So that's my defence. In midfield, I would go with, providing his fit, of course, Thomas Partey alongside Danny Ceballos. That would be um, 
my midfield pairing. Um, I'd play Xhaka uh, with those guys as well. Um, so that would be a midfield three. Apologies. Yeah, Xhaka, Partey, Ceballos would be my midfield three. And then my front three uh, would be Saka on one flank, Nelson on the other and Oba through the middle. Even though I said that I feel like Mikel will move Oba back um, to the left. I think thinking about the kind of other options that we have in those positions at this moment in time, I'd probably move over through, I'd leave over through the middle, see how it goes this time with, with Saka and Nelson providing a kind of supporting role. Uh, Rashid asks in the comments, does that mean Sabios at number 10? No, not for me. Um, I've spoken about the fact that I want to see us take that slightly more pragmatic approach. So what it means for me is that Sabios and Partey are the midfield pair and Granite Xhaka can slot into the central defensive role as a third centre-back when Arsenal are behind the ball defending, but then can step into that midfield and make it a three so we can try and dominate that area when we do have the ball. That's why I pick Shaka in the side quite often because he gives you that ability to switch things in game. He's a bit of a hybrid at the moment, or he has become a bit of a hybrid under Mikel Arteta playing not only a central midfield role, we've seen him fill in at left centre-back at times, at left-back even at times. And I feel like him being in the side gives us uh, gives us the opportunity to do that. So yeah, that's what I would go with. So just to reiterate, my starting 11 uh, for Sunday's game against Wolverhampton Wanderers will be Burned Leno in goal, Hector Bellerin, David Lewis, um, Gabriel and Kieran Tierney. Uh, midfield trio of Xhaka, Partey and Ceballos, as I've just mentioned, with Xhaka being able to drop just that little bit deeper, just to play maybe in between the line of defence and midfield or as a third centre-back if need be, if Arsenal are under the pressure um, that Wolves are capable of putting us under. And my front three would be Saka on the left, Nelson from the right and Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang through the middle. That is my side, uh, not the side that I necessarily think Mikel will go with. So I just need to make that clear. Big hello to Kevin Campbell, former Arsenal man. He says, hope you're well, Harry. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Kevin, mate. I hope you're well too. Um, And I look forward to catching up with you very, very soon. Um, Yeah, hope you're well. Love to the family, man, and uh, all the best. Right, that brings us to the end of this week's edition of the Premier League preview show. It's Arsenal versus Wolves this Sunday from the Emirates Stadium at the dreaded 7.15pm kickoff time. Fingers crossed we come out of it with all three points and we can start to get back on track. Don't forget to hit the like button if you haven't already. Smash the subscribe button too if you're new. If you're listening via the audio platforms, leave us a review and subscribe, uh, of course, uh, to 90 Min as well, our new partners. Um, Big thank you to 90 Min. um, And you can see that they've given us some incredible support. So make sure you head over, check that out. As I mentioned, the fans preview show over on 90 Min uh, is out now for this weekend, which I feature on. So go check it out. And we have a pretty in-depth discussion on there about uh, the game coming up at at the weekend. So do check it out. Thank you all very much. And we'll be back very soon. Until then, take care. Cheers. listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler and you're listening to Harry